End zone shot. Look at that adjustment. Kincaid spectacular. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Dynasty Zoltan podcast. As always, I am your host, Dynasty Zoltan, and I'm very excited to talk to you today about one of my favorite prospects in the draft, Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah. Uh, that excitement can only be equaled by having this guest on. I'd like to welcome uh, my good friend, Tyler. Uh, been known him in the fantasy space for a while, talking a lot of prospects, and his prospect... Uh, breakdowns on twitter are some much uh watch internet so tyler how are you doing good good thank you for having me on here i'm super excited to break down some um don kincaid as well he's one of my favorite guys as well so i'm i'm excited to get into it yeah absolutely so uh we're gonna do a similar format here to what we've been doing for some of my other um prospect breakdowns uh i put out the prospect breakdown for jackson smith Ajigba uh on tuesday so if you haven't listened to that episode yet please check that out uh but without further ado let's get into dalton kincaid who i I think it's only natural to start with his background given he has a pretty interesting background relative to most you know nfl prospects who might go round one in the draft um kincaid was a basketball player in in high school which should sound familiar for a for a top end tight end prospect and he only played one year of football there um so he went to a fcs school at san diego uh put up some pretty big numbers as a sophomore averaged almost 20 yards a catch and then transferred to utah in 2020 um after a covid shortened year uh he ended up having uh, a pretty big, uh, I guess it would be his junior and senior year for Utah, uh, where his senior year he had eight, 890 yards and eight touchdowns, uh, led the lead, led the uh, college football in yards per route run for a tight end, and overall really just broke out as one of the best tight ends in college football. Um, but given that background, Dalton Kincaid is already 23 years old, turning 24 uh, next winter. Uh, so g- given all that about his background, uh, what how do you feel about that for Kincaid? Yeah, I mean, it's the tight end position at the same time, you know, like the, they're always kind of late breakouts. Um, we, we know that in the NFL space, we're usually waiting, you know, two, three years before we expect much usable production out of them. And, you know, coming from Kincaid and his background, not even playing football um, really until, until college. So, you know, it, it's, it makes sense that it took him a little bit to break out, but it's promising to see him move up from FCS level to a legitimate power five program like Utah and, and produce there. Yeah. And, and he really became Utah's number one weapon, especially in the second half of the season. And Utah was a, you know, quite good team last season. Um, and for Kincaid to, as you said, come from really not having that background at all, um, and then if you look at Kincaid's second half of the season, um, basically from October 15th on, October 15th is really his breakout game when he had 16 catches for 234 yards against USC. Uh, he was pretty dominant after then. He had another two games of 100 yards, was getting at least four catches in every game up to uh, another 11-catch game against Oregon. So really, really came forward as the main weapon of that Utah attack. Um we didn't get to see Kincaid participate in the combine. Uh, we know that his measurements came in at around 6'4", 246. W- what do you think Kincaid 
would have done at the combine? And and do you think it would have upped his draft stock? What's your general take on his athleticism? Yeah. I mean, all the tight ends really performed extremely well in this class in the, in the combine. So I think it would have been more of the same. I think he would have definitely been out there and, and his athletic profile is, is stellar. I think he would have um, done really well there. I'm, I'm surprised that he didn't participate there. Um, but with all the other tight ends doing so well, I mean, it may be a blessing in disguise that he didn't really see coming that, you know, he might've been overshadowed by or um, overshadowed by guys like, you know, Sam Laporta or, you know, Zach Koontz or these other guys that had just stellar, stellar performances. So, um, I, I think he would have done well, though. I, I don't think, you know, I think his vertical would have been really good. I think his 40 would have been solid, maybe not blown away, but I think all around he would have put up really good numbers there. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it was a shame he didn't uh, participate in the combine. I, I think what it was is he had a either a core injury or shoulder injury at the end of the season. Um, there were actually mm-hmm. a few touchdowns he caught where after he caught the touchdown, he was really took a while to get up. Um, and, and it was really favoring that shoulder. So impressive for him to play through the injury, but that would be my guess as to why he didn't participate um, in the combine. But I, I think when I look at the tight end position in Dynasty, the two things I want to look for are, you know, are you a guy who is going to be mostly running routes, not blocking, running a lot of slot routes, running a lot out wide? And um, are you an athletic player, essentially? And I think Kincaid would have easily been, you know, maybe he wouldn't have been Sam Laporta getting to that, you know, 9.5 or whatever relative athletic score. But I think he would have at least been a nine, probably would run in the four five to four six range. Um, and he's a very agile player. We're, we're going to get into his film breakdown very shortly. Uh, but I, I think the athleticism that uh, really flashes on tape would have come up in the combine as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to it too, but his, his vertical is insane. And that, that comes to his basketball uh, background, which of course we see with a lot of top end tight ends, you know, Jimmy Graham obviously comes to mind and a bunch of others before him. So, I mean, that, that background is huge. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to give some more numbers to just how productive Kincaid's um, really career was, but especially last season, um, he was able to, uh, he participated in almost 90% of the routes from the slot half of the time. Um, and he was really dominant, um, both on a, uh, points per target. He was in the 94th percentile yards per route run in the 91st percentile, um, yards per route run, even weighted by his age, he gets into the 89th percentile. So he's not one of these tight end prospects like, Kyle Pitts or Irv Smith Jr., if you remember at the time, who are just absolutely dominant with like a uh, absolutely spotless profile, but he still does have a very good profile, even though most of it is based on, you know, a year, a year and a half. Yeah, and that, that year and a year and a half, I, we had a discussion on Twitter with uh, Brent Kuth is also there at Utah. And, yeah. you know, they, Utah just runs their offense through their tight ends they have for a long time. Um, and, and Kuth was a good guy. I think he's really good college tight end. He's a little bit too small, I think, to translate to the NFL. But um, And he's going into his fifth year. He returned this year. Um, but you really saw Kincaid take over that, you know, at the start of 2022 and, and even into 2021 as well. But, you know, Kuth went down in the fourth, I think, week or so. And that's really when you saw um, Kincaid just completely take over and, and that offense really unleashed what he was able to do there. Yeah, and the, the 890 yards might not seem that impressive, but Utah is a run-first offense. Um, 
he Kincaid led the team in both in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Um, Utah only averaged 250 passing yards a game. So for Kincaid to be able to get, you know, 80 or so yards a game uh, is quite impressive. And that's why all of his target share numbers um, are pretty high. So uh, with that being said, let's, let's get to some of the film breakdown. Cause I think that's, that's a lot of what you do best um, for those who haven't seen, definitely give Tyler a follow on Twitter uh, at uh, Tyler underscore FF underscore. Uh, he puts together some awesome threads on Kincaid. Um, and for me, I was really impressed by his film. He actually graded out for me as the number four tight end uh, I have scouted since 2018, which is uh, the group that he's in there uh, is up there with Pitts, Irv Smith, and Dallas Goddard. So I, I really liked what I saw from Kincaid on film. Uh, but why don't you tell us what you think? Uh, let's start with his strengths. Are. What, what do you think Kincaid does really well? Yeah, I mean, you got guys like Michael Mayer also in this class, and he's always been like the tight end one for for years. But then you have guys like Kincaid coming out of seemingly nowhere um, and, and just almost overtaking that, I think, by consensus at this point. I've seen a lot of those takes around, and I'm yeah. in that same boat at this point. Um, but his strengths are really just what he does when he catches the ball. You know, he's able to high point the ball. He uses his length and his, um, you know, again, that basketball background so well. He boxes out defenders, uses his body to shield the catch point. Um, and just his ball skills are, are incredible, especially when you look at, you know, how long he's been playing football. Um, and then again, after the catch, you know, he, his yak ability is extremely impressive for a tight end. He moves so smoothly after, after the catch. And he also has that physical ability to shed off tacklers and, you know, maybe stiff arm someone and, and get an extra five, 10 yards on the play. Um, he's a, he's a vertical threat, um, able to stretch the field from the, the slot or even in line. Um, just adds a, a dynamic element to any offense that he's going to end up on in the NFL. Yeah, and I, I think the number one skill, as you mentioned there, is his contested catch ability in his hands. Um, by far the best in the class, uh, definitely out of the tight ends. I would even say out of the receivers. I didn't see a receiver that had better, cleaner, more consistent hands than Dalton Kincaid. Uh, he only had two drops in his career. Um, he had... Uh, a 98th percentile first down rate. A lot of what I saw from Kincaid was uh, he would run, you know, on fourth and nine. I remember one play where he ran essentially a comeback, uh, caught the ball, a contested catch coming back to the ball. He was about two yards short of the line of the uh, line to gain, managed to spin out of the tackler and pick up the first down. Uh, he was a very clutch player. He was their number one weapon on third down and his ability to, he's not a huge tight end, you know, six four, two fifty, give or take, but his ability to threaten uh, with his leaping ability, with his just rock solid hands, he made leaping catches on seam routes uh, where he was getting whacked by a safety. It really just didn't matter um, on those out routes. You know, sometimes it would be throws that were low in a way that either a tight end would drop or uh, would like, you know, really have to focus to catch and then wouldn't be able to turn up field. Kincaid had none of those issues and, really his catching ability is what set up his yak ability, which as you mentioned, is another strength of his. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just after the catch is, is super impressive. And then, um, I mean, ball skills, body control, he plays like a wide receiver, you know, more yeah. than he does a tight end, which is as fantasy managers and, and looking at that coming in, that's, that's something that, you know, we love to see, right? Like we love to see our, our tight ends being able to catch passes, be used in the end zone, get those yards after the catch a lot more than we like seeing them, you know, 
be in line and blocking or something like that. So yeah, um, for us, that that's amazing to see. Um, and just the way that he utilizes his his body as route as a route runner is is also impressive and you know very very good to see again where he has so much room to develop since he hasn't been playing in the NFL or playing football for that long. Yeah, absolutely. And and given that he hasn't played football for that long, um, you know, his hands come from playing basketball. There are other, you know, just having good hand-eye coordination, uh, having big and soft hands. But his route running was something that I was very impressed with, um, given his lack of experience in football. Um, man-to-man, mostly what he was doing is he, he has relatively quick feet, but then he is really good at establishing leverage, um, whether that's outside leverage on something like a slot fade, whether that's vertical leverage on a seam route. Um, against man-to-man coverage, I thought he was really good at using his body and his positioning, um, and it enabled him. You know, He's going to need a quarterback who's willing to fit things into a tight window because he's not an amazingly agile athlete. I don't think he's going to create tons of separation uh, with agility and really clinical route running, but I think if he gets a quarterback who's willing to you know, give him a chance in a 50-50 ball, um, or scheme plays for him uh, in the intermediate game, he, he's going to be a real threat. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that comes into, you know, his ability to improve too at the next level if he can yeah. pick up a little bit more about those intricacies of the route running and and not just using his physical gifts like that leverage. And, and you know, it's good he already knows how to use that, but, you know, that's that's more of just how big are you and are you able to to establish that. Um, knowing how to do so is already, you know, impressive that he knows how to do that and, and does it effectively. But then at the next level, if he's able to, you know, uh, cut down on some wasted movements, you know, get a little bit more fluid of hips, um, you know, we, he could be a, a massive threat, not just as a vertical tight end, but, you know, also all over the field. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think against his own defense, he was quite adept at settling into his zone. I thought, um, he wasn't doing anything super complicated there. Most of the time it was just, you know, a 10 yard curl route, uh, you know, something like a dig, but he was doing a good job of right. throttling his speed up and down to not overrun the zone. Um, and like we said, the the transition from catch to run after catch is really impressive. Um, let, let's talk about his yards after catch ability a little bit more, because I really think that's one of the strengths of his game. How does he win after the catch? Is it with strength or agility, certain moves? How do you see him winning there? Yeah, I think one, he's got he's got pretty good speed for a tight end. That's kind of something I wish I did see at, at the combine. I think he's got good enough speed to, you know, he's not going to break away and, and go for an 80-yard touchdown. But, you know, if he's, um, you know, at, at the opposing 30, he can get a good 20 yards, after, you know, um, if he's got space. But um, outside of that, I think it's mainly his strength. I think he's able to run through arm tackles with ease. Um, he can – He's willing to lower his shoulder and he's willing to bounce off tackles and, and really fight for those extra yards. Like you mentioned in that, uh, that fourth down scenario that you're talking about um, where he, he had that comeback. He does that consistently. You know, he, yeah. he's not, the first tackler is not going to take him down. Um, it, it's definitely going to take a, a lot of people to take him down at the college level. And I think that's something that's going to translate to the next level as well. Yeah, I absolutely agree, especially because he can play the slot. Um, and if he gets matched up against a D back, you know, if he gets the ball, he's going to break that first tackle. Like you said, um, he knows how to use his body and his leverage after the catch as well. Um, and, and I agree. It was mostly, 
you know, running through tackles rather than really running around people. Um, right. His speed was very useful because he could create the angle that he wanted to in order to set up, you know, either a stiff arm or just a little leg hide to try to, you know, use his contact balance to break the tackle. But um, he he's he is very adept at that. And I think it's going to be a strength at the next level. Um, he was even used a little bit in the screen game. And I think as we get a little bit into player comps, um, two guys that I saw that were kind of similar or one guy I saw that was similar to him was Dallas Goddard. Um, I think that they have the similar way in which they're able to just always find the space in the zone, use their big catch radius and their excellent hands, and then always pick something up after the catch. And one thing that Dallas Goddard has gotten over the last few years is he has, he's averaged about one and a half targets a game in the screen game. Um, and that's something Kincaid was used for at Utah. He scored two touchdowns on screens his senior year. Um, and I think that's something that could be effective at the next level as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, again, just after the catch, his, his speed is is very straight line speed. He's not going to be yeah. juking anyone out. He's not changing direction or anything like that. It's very much straight line. And, and he's able to evade angles doing that because he's good at throttling that speed. But it, it's very much a straight line angle if, you know, they're they're coming in. Um, fairly perpendicular to him, he can kind of throttle in or out and, and ruin that angle that that defender's coming at him with. Exactly. Very much a straight line runner, but he he can change speeds mm-hmm. enough to to set up defenders, which is obviously important. Um, let's move on to some of his weaknesses now. Uh, for me, I mean, the number one weakness is his blocking. Uh, as far as from a fantasy perspective, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, like you said, it just means he's not going to be George Kittle, right? He's going to be running routes a whole lot. And I would expect him to be used more as a guy, you know, like even an Evan Ingram type where he's going to play a lot in the slot and not block a whole lot. But, you know, I thought his his blocking was just terrible. I, I don't know how you viewed it. Yeah, I mean, he. I think he gets a little bit worse of a rap than he should for his blocking. He's not a, a great blocker by any means. I think when he's in line, um he's useful there he's yeah. he's not just he's not going to get overrun consistently you know if he if he's there and his assignment's right there in front of him i think he he does a, a decent enough job to be out there on the field for it um now if he's a lead blocker trying to block in space for a screen or something like that i think it's it's done so he he does not do well um establishing um uh you know establishing his block in front of him um getting a good angle on those blockers and he pretty consistently lets people right through them there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a good uh, clarification to make and and you're spot on. If, if he's lining up as the lone tight end on one side and they're running, you know, an inside zone to that side, man to man blocking, he can effectively mm-hmm. seal off, you know, an edge defender an outside linebacker. Right. He's totally solid in that regard. Um, but he is terrible. If you ask him to be a puller, uh, like you said, if you ask him to block out uh, in space, he basically just acts like a running back and like tries to cut block players and oftentimes just right. dives at their feet. There were two or three plays that were just absolutely embarrassing. It, it looks like what I would try to do if I were trying to block one of these guys, which <laughs> is basically just tuck and roll. Um, but yeah, no, a- that, and then also that he would, you know, just put his, he, he, it was him not getting good, you know, and, you know, establishing the block in front of him. Right. So yeah. like the, the defender would maybe cut an angle and he just was not quick enough to react. And at that point he's just blocking with his left arm or something. And that's just, even a DB is going to run right through that, especially at the next level. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I do think a lot of that might come with experience. Um, I'm, I think he's a good enough receiver that I won't keep him off the field. To be honest, I have nothing to say about his pass blocking because he had very few pass blocking snaps last year. Um, but you know, I think a team that's going to draft him in the first round, which is where he's projected to go right now. Uh, and, and we can, uh, it, a team that is going to use him as a receiver. They, they know what he can do. Right. They're going to have watched his film. If you take a tight end in the first round who has this, you know, relative weakness at run blocking, you're going to find ways to scheme them to get them on the field. So that's not a concern for me. Um, are there any other weaknesses that, that showed up on tape for you? I really only had one other weakness for him, and it's really not even on him. It might just be the offense that he ran. And again, going back to you know his inexperience as a football player so far, is that um, he didn't run a lot of intricate routes, which no. again you don't often see from tight ends anyway. So this is kind of very nitpicky of me. Uh, you, you saw a lot of vertical routes, a lot of drags, a lot of digs, but you didn't see you know watching like Michael Mayer or something. He runs a couple whip routes here and there. Um, you, you really don't see anything where he's changing direction very quickly. Um, I think that we've already kind of hit on on that. He's got good straight line speed, but not so much change of direction. So um, maybe there's a little bit of that from him as a player and then also um, of the team, you know, the, the scheme that he was in playing to his strengths. But I, I think that's something he can also develop at the next level. So uh, kind of a nitpicky one for me. Yeah, but I think that is spot on and and he can develop it at the next level. But given that, you know, foot speed and change of direction isn't his strong suit anyways, I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, an incredible man route runner. You know, that's just not going to be right. his game, but that's okay, right? He he has a contested catch ability. He has decent size, so he's going to be able to get open even if he's not running these complex routes. Uh, you're right. I basically saw one or two like out and ups uh, one or two, right. basically like the Haas white juke play that the Pats used to run with Gronk, but otherwise it was mostly, you know, slot fades, seam routes from inline, uh, mm-hmm. uh, digs, uh, drags outs. It was all the simple routes, but that's okay. And, you know, I, I think he right. can learn, but also the majority of tight end routes are those routes. So it's not that exactly. big of a deal if he doesn't end up being, you know, one of these premier route runners. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, very nitpicky of me, and I think you're going to see that with 95% of the tight ends that you ever scout coming out of college. It's just something I saw and something to mention then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So I think that's a pretty thorough breakdown of his film. Uh, Now let's move on to some player comps. I know that none of these are perfect, but when you see Dalton Kincaid play, who does he remind you of? Yeah, you mentioned um, Dallas Goddard there, and I, I think that's uh, pretty spot on. Honestly, they went they win the same way. Um, they're they're both good enough route runners. They have really good hands, very reliable, and and they can run routes you know all over the field. So um, I, I think that one's pretty spot on. I, I do. You mentioned Irv Smith Jr. I think he's fairly similar in the way of just being a a, a route runner. He's not going to be a blocker. He's that that's very much going to be his role. Um, and I was huge on Irv Smith Jr. coming out of college. Uh, maybe a little bit of Bama bias in me there, yeah, me but um, yeah, I, I really thought he was going to be something, but injuries and you know, the Vikings and stuff. So, 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that those are kind of the comps that we're talking about. Um, some other players that I've heard him comp to, uh, Mark Andrews, I've heard a little bit. I don't think he has quite the size that Andrews has or really the route running ability. Um, they do share the vertical threat and the, and the contested catch ability, but I don't quite see Mark Andrews upside, um, in Dalton Kincaid at even as high on him as I am. Um, yeah, and and comparing him, that's a little lofty. Yeah, and comparing him to guys like Greg Dulcich and Evan Ingram, um, I think he's a very different player than they are. I, I think those guys are almost wide receivers in the way that they play. Um, Kincaid wins using his his physicality and really his you know hands. Um, obviously, that's not right. something that Evan Ingram is known for. Uh, Greg Dulcich, you know, has decent hands, but again, he's more of a speed and agility guy. Uh, Kincaid has good athleticism, but he's not quite that mold, in my opinion. Yeah, Evan Ingram was, I mean, even coming out of college, everyone said this is just a big slot wide receiver. He is fully a wide receiver. Um, you know, he, he's not a tight end, and he's not going to win as tight end. I think Dalton Kincaid has a chance to win as a tight end, and he's not going to be just a, a full um, big slot. You know, I think he he's truly a, a, a mix of the two, not, you know, Evan Ingram's far on the side of just being a slot wide receiver. I think Dalton Kincaid's a little bit more in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like I would looking at, uh, looking at Evan Ingram's numbers right now. Um, you know, it's actually, he, he lines up in line more than I expected. So last year he lined up in line on 34% of his snaps in his career. He's around 41%. This is Evan Ingram. I'd expect Kincaid to be more 50, 50 than 60, 40. Um, but I, I'm surprised. I actually thought that Ingram lined up in the slot more than that last year. Um, Moving on to the NFL draft, right now Kincaid is projected basically as a mid-first rounder. Um, are there any teams that you find him to be a really good fit at around that range? Mid-first rounder. Um, I think there's a there's a lot of good spots for him. Um, or, or, or even so not yeah, in that I, range, just a good team fit. Yeah, hold on. Let me see what the exact order is. Let me give you something here. Yeah, so I so in that it's range, teams that teams that really pop out to me that need a tight end, the Jets at thirteen, the Packers at fifteen, the Commanders at sixteen, the Lions at eighteen, um, and the Bucks at nineteen. Those are all teams that really don't have anything at tight end, um, and they're pretty mm-hmm. much right in the wheelhouse for where he might get drafted. He, even going down to the Seahawks at twenty. They, you know, I don't know if they're going to extend Noah Fant. And then the Chargers at 21. Um, all of those teams are, you know, at least intriguing to me. Yeah, no, I, I was thinking the Buccaneers too. But, you know, my, my thought with them is that they have just so many needs on their team. It, it's, it's tight end really where they go. Mm-hmm. Um, Fit-wise, I think that would be really good. But at the same time, I, for fantasy-wise, I, I think I would kind of hate it. You know, we're, we're looking at at least a year of, you know, Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield there. So, um, and they already have established Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, you know, I I think there's just not a lot of room for him to be um, a guy there, you know, looking down a little bit further down the New York giants, I think would be a a decent spot. I know they have Bellinger, but um, at at the same time that they're, they're looking to win now. And I think they don't have massive. Oh, they got Waller now. Oh shoot. That's right. They do have Waller now. Yeah, yeah, um, so much has happened in the last few weeks. Easy to easy yeah, to slip really through. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, what about the the Cowboys here too? They got they're gone Ooh. with Schultz. 
Um, I don't think they've brought anybody in. They love featuring that tight end position. They have uh, Peyton Hendershot and um, Jake Ferguson. Yeah, I think that I think that Dallas would be a really interesting place for him. The way that Schultz was used, especially against zone defense, was similar to how I think Kincaid can. Kincaid can succeed. That's a difficult thing to say. Um, yeah. And I think that he would just be, you know, a lot better after the catch, which is where Schultz is really poor. He wasn't very explosive down the field. My, my right. favorite fit would be in Detroit. Um, I think that Kincaid would just be awesome having, you know, Jameson Williams to stretch the field. Uh, who knows if a guy like DJ Char is going to come back, but you have a Monroe St. Brown to really operate as that premier route runner underneath. So Kincaid would be able to threaten the intermediate part of the field. He'd be able to line up out wide occasionally. Um, looking around, I, I think Detroit would just be an awesome fit for Kincaid's skill set. Um, and and who knows yeah. if they're going to end up drafting a quarterback at six. But either way, Goff is you know totally good enough for uh, for Kincaid to be successful. Yeah, I like that fit too, and kind of makes sense with the draft with that pick at six. You know, they they can hit a real you know big premier need there, and then they kind of have a almost a luxury pick a little bit later in the draft. I mean, still a great player, but, um, you know, hit something like that quarterback or maybe a, a corner or something like that up there at six and then come back at um, 18. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Build up that D line with adding to Hutchinson with either a Jalen Carter, or I assume Will Anderson will be gone by then, but either way, and then address, uh, address the right. offense at 18 because I mean, the Lions team is pretty well set up. They got good weapons. They have a good offensive line. They got good young players on defense. Um, I think adding a guy like Kincaid there who really can be a matchup nightmare um, would really improve their outlook. Um, yeah, so overall, and perfectly fill-in uh, for Hawkinson, you know, leaving. I, I think that's a perfect fill-in right there. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, he, he does things differently than Hawkinson, but I think he can provide a similar value. Um, and that being said, I mean, the comps we've made, obviously Irv Smith hasn't turned out well, but guys like Dallas Goddard, you know, we mentioned guys like TJ Hawkinson, a little bit of Mark Andrews to his game. There's clearly upside for Dalton Kincaid. Uh, where do you have him among tight ends for this 2023 class? In this class, I have him as tight end one so far. I have not gone super deep into my tight end scouting yet. I've done him, uh, Mayer, and then uh, Laporta so far. And Kincaid's my number one at this point. Um, I don't see that changing. Just I think the other guys, one, either don't have the production profile um, or, or two are coming from smaller schools even. Um, whereas, you know, Kincaid's put it on tape. He He's shown everything. Um, and then the other guys are probably also not going to get the, uh, the draft capital that we see Kincaid getting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I have him above Meyer, um, a tier above Meyer. Um, and, you know, I really don't see that changing unless he falls out of the first round. For me, it's pretty simple. I, I do my film grades first, and then I look at the quantitative numbers. Kincaid, I prefer to Meyer in my film grades. As I said, he's one of the top prospects I've looked at since 2018. And then looking at the quantitative grades, you know, all of this, I, you know, include things like age, projected draft capital, uh, athleticism, and then obviously the production. Um, he ranks fourth of tight end since 2018. Again, it's Pitts, Irv Smith, TJ Hawkinson, then Kincaid, then Goddard, then Mark Andrews. So being in that group of the top six where really none of them other than, or I guess one of them being Irv Smith has busted and, you know, maybe that was injury based, whatever, um, really puts Kincaid in a place that he could succeed from the get go. And I think the fact that he's 24 years old puts him in an interesting situation where, 
most tight ends, you don't want to draft them because you can buy them for cheaper after their rookie year when they don't perform very well. Um, we have seen right. that shift a little bit with guys like uh, Greg Dulcich last year, but for the most part. But Kincaid, I think, is a guy who's going to perform right out of the jump um, given his age and, you know, just his uh, his skill set. So I, I would I would invest in him pretty early. Where does he rank for you among all players? Let's say it's a half tight end premium league. Um, half tight end premium league right now. I have him at um, 16. So about early, early second round, I think is probably where we'll end up seeing him go. Um, I'm a little bit hesitant to take tight ends just generally in rookie drafts um, very high. Um, so I, I might be a little bit lower than you are, but I think after kind of like the main stays in this draft, like you have your, um, you know, your top six or seven or so. And then I think there's going to be a, a run of running backs and wide receivers. And then I think we're going to start hitting uh, tight ends with Kincaid. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it depends on the landing spots of guys like, you know, Tucker and Akane and uh, Zach right. Evans, people like that, depending on Kincaid, if he goes higher or lower than those running backs. But to me, it's basically... You know, I, I think there's a pretty consensus top 11, not in, not including uh, a fourth running back. So it's, you know, everyone's top six, Charbonnet, Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, Will Levis, and Josh Downs, to me is a pretty clear top 11. And I have Kincaid actually in, in a tier with guys like Levis and Downs, Johnston and Addison, actually. So for me, Dalton Kincaid is a slam pick at the 112. If you're in a two, I mean, I think you might be able to get him closer to the 204, especially if these running backs, you know, go on day two. But for me, I think Kincaid is going to be an awesome value in drafts. And he's a guy I'm going to walk away from, you know, most of the leagues. If you have the 112, maybe you won your league. If you won your league, you probably have a stud tight end because that's really how you win fantasy football leagues in a lot of in a lot of senses. So adding a guy like Don Kincaid to be your backup, um, similar to what people did with Trey McBride, you know, at the 203, 204 last year, I, I think is a good way to go. Yeah. Um, so so. Th- all that being said, where does Dalton Kincaid stand in your, you know, approximate tight end rankings, including, you know, NFL players? Um, ooh, that's, that's a tough one. I think he would be, man, tight end is just so barren. So here, let me, guys. yeah, let me give you some either ors. So are you taking Kincaid or Fryermuth? I think I'm taking Friar Muth still there. Yeah, me too. Are you taking Kincaid or David Njoku? Oh, that's that's a tough one. I think that's where we're really getting tough. Um, I think I want to still lean Njoku there. How about Darren Waller? Darren Waller. I'm still taking Darren Waller. Okay. And then are you taking Kincaid over the likes of Trey McBride, uh, Chigo Okonkwo, Evan Ingram, guys like that? Yeah, I think that's kind of where where the cutoff is. I, I'll, I'll take the established guys at this point, um, you know, and Joku, Waller, that that range. Uh, but as soon as we start getting to the projections, I think I'm going to have Kincaid over them, like McBride, um, you know, even like you know Isaiah Likely and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'll take them over the guys that are – we're still projecting up there, um, but I will – and even guys like maybe like Evan Ingram and stuff like that, that are maybe inconsistent performers that are um, kind of always right around that tight end 10 to 15 range. You know, they're reliable, but they don't have that much upside. I, I'm taking Kincaid over those guys. 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And that, that would put him around tight end, you know, 10, 11, 12. So he's going to walk in as a top 12 tight end. Uh, we didn't get one of those tight ends this year. I think Kincaid really deserves that right now. Um, and I would even have him, you know, similar to a guy like Dulcich, Najoku and Waller really just depends on which, what, what your team construction is, but I think he belongs pretty much right in that range. And if you can use a guy now like Evan Ingram uh, or Dalton Schultz or even Trey McBride, who I like a lot, to go up and get the 202, 203 in a draft, there's a good chance that Kincaid falls there. And it's possible someone wouldn't want to make that trade while the draft is going on because they'd prefer Kincaid, but maybe they're just not looking far enough ahead. So that's definitely a deal that I would right. attempt to make. Um I think that basically sums it up as far as Kincaid. I'm I'm excited to see where he goes. Uh, tight end is, you know, other than running back, it's the most landing spot dependent position. Really depends on the scheme of the offense. And I just really hope Kincaid goes to a good spot in the mid first. And I, I don't see a reason where, why he shouldn't. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. All right, so that uh, does it for our prospect preview for Dalton Kincaid. Uh, Tyler, why don't you tell pe- uh, tell everyone where people can find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter um, at Tyler underscore FF underscore. I also write for kingfantasysports.com. Um, so I do all my film threads on Twitter, so you can see all those. But then I also follow that up with uh, long-form articles on uh king fantasy also have a great dynasty team there that also helped me out with those those articles so definitely check it out yeah awesome and i'd like to thank you again for coming on uh tyler is going to be back the timing of when we release these is still tbd but he's going to be back to talk a few more uh polarizing prospects uh including Kayshawn booty so uh you'll be hearing from him shortly uh thank you all again for listening and we'll be back with a new episode of the dynasty's old on podcast very shortly